Thanks for joining us for this special report about the coronavirus and its impact on the stock markets and investments. Today, we're going to discuss some history of past virus outbreaks, how they've affected the markets, how the markets have recovered, and areas that we think could be good places to put your money in the long haul, and great advice on perspective as you watch the news and decide where to invest. All this and more on today's episode of Let's Make Work Optional. Welcome to this episode of Let's Make Work Optional with True Wealth and Company in Overland Park, Kansas. True Wealth and Company incorporates strategies and products of the super rich to help you reach your financial goals and make work optional. And now, here's Brian Sark, President and CEO of True Wealth and Company. Hello and welcome to Let's Make Work Optional. I'm Brian Sarf, CEO of True Wealth and Company, and welcome to our podcast today. We're going to talk about a little special report here on the coronavirus and the impact it's having on the stock market, the impact it's having on investors' feelings and emotions, the feelings that we're having here in the United States and abroad and globally, because this is a much smaller planet year after year as technology continues to advance and aircraft advances and we're buying things from all over the world that things that happen in China affect us here, things that happen throughout the world affect us here and this is certainly one of them is the coronavirus and the impact it's having on the stock market that we've seen it drop over 1% a couple of times. We may still see a few more and we'll have to see how all this plays out. Earnings season is around the corner, so we'll see how many companies issue guidance. The markets grow on better earnings and better profits and more sales and higher stock prices. And when we look into the future that those are going to be higher, the stock market goes higher. When companies begin to cut those forecasts, like Apple did, that they're going to be impacted in their supply chain. They're not going to be able to deliver as many iPhones. So they said today that right now they would be sending 50 engineers and technicians a week to China to work on production for their September launch of their new iPhone. And they're not sending 50 people back and forth every week because of the coronavirus and the plants aren't running. So they're trying to redirect to Taiwan, to Vietnam, to other countries as they can to try and keep their supply chain running. But they issued guidance that they think they might miss 30% of iPhone sales. So Apple stock's going to pull back on that notice. Maybe they'll be able to catch it up as you run forward from this. But You know, I just look at the perspective is, and Brian Paulson's joining me today as well, that the perspective is we've dealt with these viruses before. They're serious. They kill people that are susceptible to the disease, and you've got to protect yourself from it. But at the same time, I really think that the market is very much overreacting, given the past, given the last viruses that we've dealt with. This seems to be right in line with those. It's not as deadly, but it's it's a little scarier because they haven't found a way to predict who has it. Then people are showing up with it that they weren't around anybody else that were sick. They didn't go to China. They don't know how they how they picked it up, and you're trying to track it. So that's you know a little scary that people just aren't running a fever, and you can give them a forehead scan. Because if you remember looking in the past, to give you some perspective, we had SARS that you know we basically ended that in April of '03. Swine flu ended April of '09. Cholera ended in November of 2010. MERS was May of 2013. Ebola was March 2014. And the Zika virus was 2016. And uh, this comes from Market Watch Report, April 24th, 2020, how the stock market has performed during viral outbreaks. And when all those ended, we saw in the six months afterwards that the S&P was up 10, 15, almost 20% in the six months after. So it's typically a short range impact. We're going to have a pullback. We're in correction territory now around 10%. When's it going to be over? I have no idea. 
But from an investor standpoint, we see a lot of great values out there in the marketplace, and we're looking to put some cash to work at some point. I just don't know when we'll pull the trigger on that. Mr. Bryan? Looking at the past outbreaks, some interesting data as well. With SARS, the market declined 12.8%, and with Zika, the market declined 12.9%. With this decline, those two reacted quicker in the whole process. And so we're not being as fearful. We're not responding quite as rapidly as investors, but we're in a normal territory. It's a reality now that our companies are dependent on foreign countries for parts, and that's a good thing for us because it keeps our costs down. It's a good thing for those foreign countries because it helps their economy. And it's a good thing for the world because it creates a codependency between countries. So theoretically, the world should be a safer place to live in. And I think it is. But you are always going to deal with these type of events that you've got to expect. And fortunately for our clients, we've built a plan for them, looking at what their goals are, which is key, and then building around that, how should we invest based on where you are in your life and how much you've saved to meet those goals. So like any other time, it's expected. They come and go. In our minds, I would say that a correction is a good thing, not because not the cause of it, but the fact that there's a correction, it was due. We were so overweight into technology stocks, again, like we were at the end of 18, and we're really overweight in some huge technology companies, the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, throw Microsoft in there, and Google. Those companies are really taking up a lot of the new dollars that come in because the S&P is market-weighted, meaning if you look at the table in front of you, the big companies, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, are massive marbles on the table, where a company like Cerner is a small marble on the table. When a dollar comes in, the bigger marbles get more money, and the smaller marbles get less. Well, guess what? The bigger marbles get bigger, and as you put a dollar in, they take up more of that money. And so we've had so much cash that's in these tech companies that we really need to see a rebalancing. And this may just be the excuse for some of the folks out there that have a lot of tech. We didn't have a lot of tech inside of our portfolios. But those that were really heavily weighted into tech are rebalancing and stepping away from riding that gravy train that's been going on for so long to rebalance their portfolios. And possibly that's what's happening as we see this continue and and drive in. I did see one interesting tidbit from First Trust. And they said that in um, looking at SARS back in 2002, 2003, it took 20 months to get a first phase clinical trial for SARS. And for coronavirus, it's taken them three months to get to trial. So there's 18-year difference in time frame. Biotech's improved, technology has improved, and hopefully they're able to develop a virus or to develop something to go and attack this virus that we can either immunize everybody like we do with a flu shot and hopefully can cure those that have it and we can eradicate it and get it out and get back on with our normal lives because the normal economy is solid. Companies are solid. Dividends are solid. Long-term outlook is solid. Short-term outlook is kind of squishy. We don't know what's going to happen. Things are going to pull back a little bit. We look for some great opportunities to add money. And if you got cash on the side, it's a good time to add it to a portfolio to get it allocated and uh, buy it at some discount prices. I saw Warren Buffett on CNBC Monday, and he said, you know, when the market was down last Monday, he said, well, the stocks that I loved on Friday before the weekend, I love them even better now. And as we get another Monday away from it, and if we're still down, then they look even better. And you just continue to evaluate that and find a good entry point 
And I'd rather be early on buying than trying to pick the, the exact bottom because nobody knows when that is. But if we can buy around it, either on the way down or the way up, and grab that time in, then we'll have a good chance to get some of this recovery as we go through. Because long term, the year looks like we've got a, a really nice economy in front of us for the year, according to Brian Westbury at First Trust. You know, he still sees that we can be up 12 to 13% by year end is where he still sees that that's where we're going to end the year, even though all the gains for the year have lost and we still may have some more downside coming. Which is a typical year, right? Yeah. Every year there's a normal to have a correction, and 75% of those years are positive. And it's normally about 14%. And Westbury, if you know him, he's known as the permabull. They tease him about being the permabull <laughs> because he's always positive. But uh, while everybody else has been banging the table saying this is all going to fall apart since 2013, he's been pretty spot on. And I just would reiterate to anybody out there that's nervous or worried about this, like Brian said earlier, you have a written plan, you have an investment plan, it's for the long haul. These corrections are times when we look to buy to rebalance inside of portfolios, especially when the economy is so strong. You know, and that's really the, the service of your advisor here at True Wealth is to not overreact at market tops when things are really high and we get a little greedy. And it's not to react too much when we're fearful and we begin to see some corrections like this or larger corrections that we jump out of portfolios that we want to stay long term and stay invested and find those opportunities to produce profits, to grow the portfolios over the long haul, and as much as possible, try and take away some of that risk, but capture some of that reward. And, you know, hopefully some of the things that we're going to buy through this downside correction, we'll see some nice little profits coming from them. Yeah. With a plan, the other thing that's exceptionally important is that you've got an investment philosophy that is defined. It's not picking willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. This sounds interesting today because it's down 20%. Well, is it down 20% because it's a good buy? Or is it down 20% because it should be down 20 mm-hmm. So just like always, we've got your plan. But then as always, we've also got our investment philosophy and our approach that stays constant. The things that we might be finding to invest in vary because the condition of them. But what we look at to assess those investments stays constant. We rotate where the opportunities are. We've been U.S. for so many years. Since 2004, we've been primarily all U.S., And we've ridden that gravy train for a long period of time. I don't know if this is the end of the line for that train, where we see reasonable growth in the U.S., but we see better growth elsewhere. But I can tell you in three areas that look very promising is in commodities, in global cyclicals, and in emerging markets, that it looks like we're going to begin to see a lot of investment opportunity outside of the U.S. because interest rates can only go so low. We can only finance all of these walking dead companies If interest rates go up a percent, they can't pay their bills and they file bankruptcy. There are a lot of those companies out there that the Fed needs low rates and lower rates to keep them in business. Otherwise, if interest rates go up, they're going to go out of business. And so I call them the corporate walking dead. They're there. We see them. If you look at what's called triple B debt, they're stacked to the ceiling, the highest ever. And the next stop is junk bonds. And so we got to watch those. We got to watch that yield and we got to watch what's happening there. But Rates can only go so low, we can only attract so much money from the world, and we've been a massive vacuum cleaner soaking up money from the world into the U.S., and at some point that comes to an end, then it's back to rebalancing portfolios globally rather than just being all centered in the U.S., and that's beginning to happen. We expect that next phase that we're going to see a rebalancing from U.S. to global as we go through that rebalancing, and we're going to find some great opportunities outside of the U.S., Still good opportunities here, but I can see us moving more globally over the next couple of years that we've 
pretty much ignored for 15 years. At least I have as an investor. It's like any time a pendulum swings too far to one side. It's got to swing back. It's just momentum. We're not saying that that means that the U.S. becomes a bad place to invest and you should rush out and put everything internationally. Mm -hmm. What we're saying, though, is that pendulum has swung in our favor significantly. And we see a scenario where that's going to start to balance and correct itself a little bit. And there's going to be great opportunities because those countries that haven't had any money flowing into them are hungry as heck. Well, and their currencies are depressed against the strong dollar. So if you think about it this way, if the dollar weakens, those currencies get stronger. If money shifts to their countries for investment, their stock market's going to go up and the worth in those com- those countries go up. And so we could see taking you know 10 to 20% of our client portfolios and looking at emerging markets, looking at global economies and allocating outside of the U.S. So notice I said 15 to 20%. It doesn't mean we're taking 100% out of the U.S. Like Brian said, you could be crazy and do it, but it's measured. And we do 15 to 20. And if we look at that and we say, you know what, the U.S. isn't working and the international is working, then we bump it up to 20 to 40% and we build a, a well-balanced global portfolio. So we're looking at it, we're at it, we're being proactive, we're running spreadsheets, looking at charts, we're on it. If you have any questions, whether you're a client of ours or not, and you want to talk for 10 or 15 minutes about what you're doing, what you're thinking about doing, call us, get on the schedule, we'll be happy to visit with you. And we've cleared some time on our calendars for the next couple of weeks for anybody who might be nervous or worried. Give us a call, shoot us an email. The uh, email you can send it to is stevenb, S-T-E-V-E-N-B, at retirewithtrue.com. And you can always call 913-653-8783 and ask to speak to Brian, Kenny, or Brian. And we'd be happy to get on the phone with you and visit with you and just listen. Even if you're not a client and you just want to throw something by us, I'm happy to listen and happy to add our two cents. Any closing thoughts, Brian, before we wrap up here? You know, if you're a client and you're nervous right now, do like Brian said, give us a call. But imagine if you've got friends or family that don't have a plan or they're working with somebody or doing it themselves and they really don't have an investment philosophy that they can stick to, great time for you guys to send them our way for a second opinion. We're happy to sit down with them but add a heck of a lot of value to their lives and ease their concerns because you can only imagine what it'd be like to be out there with no plan and no investment strategy. So coronavirus is serious. We get it. People are losing their lives. We get it. It's a really serious thing. I just ask you as you're watching the media and listening to it, their motivation is to have you come back again and to buy and to click so they can sell more advertisements. That's the business they're in. So don't get too worked up over the craziness of the media, but also, especially those that are over 65, over 60, it's really affecting you. So if you have diabetes, if you're susceptible to the flu, you have respiratory problems and that, you've got to take measures to protect yourself. Wash your hands a ton, a ton, a ton, and you know, and try and limit your activity with people where you don't know where they've been. And we'll get through this. And great thing is warmer weather is coming and warmer weather kills viruses. So go Mother Nature, go and do your thing. I'm Brian Sarf, and we really appreciate you listening to this special edition about the coronavirus and its impact on the stock markets. We'll be back next Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Be sure to spread the word about our podcast to your friends and family and don't keep us a secret. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, connect with us on LinkedIn. And don't ever forget, invest wisely, save early, give generously. Let's make work optional. You've been listening to Let's Make Work Optional from True Wealth and Company. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com or call 913-653-TRUE. That's 913-653-8783. All matters discussed during this program are for informational purposes only. 
This podcast in no way shall be construed as a solicitation to sell securities or advisory services to residents in any other state than Kansas or were otherwise prohibited. Topics should be discussed with your advisor prior to implementation. Advisory and insurance services offered through True Wealth & Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas.